Welcome to Contingency FM. <laughs> Every time it gets me. <laughs> um, welcome to uh, another episode of Bedside Chats. Uh, we are joined today by, I was about to say Dr. Kathy Emerson, but it's not... Mrs. Mrs., yeah. Uh, but if I answered the phone, I'd say Dr. Emerson. Either which doesn't matter. So, so, yeah, suddenly realised that's because it, it, that's one thing which always confused me with surgery as well. But I guess obstetrics is is it surgical? It goes down as a surgical yeah. specialty. Yeah. That's yeah. the beauty of obstetrics, though, isn't yeah. it? Totally. It's a perfect mixture of the totally. two. Totally. Anyway, sorry. So yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you hadn't cottoned on yet, um, <laughs> Kathy is a. <laughs> I thought I said obstetrologist. I'm trying to combine that. Obstetrician and gynaecologist. Yeah. Which what would you identify with more, being or both? With me, definitely obstetrics. I'm far more of an obstetrician than a gynaecologist, and I think most people go into ONG because of the obstetrics. Yeah. Mm. Most people like the babies. Yeah. They like the labour ward. They like the excitement. They like yeah. the fact that they're well patients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also nice to know that when you get to 42 weeks, they all disappear and you don't have to see them again. That's quite a benefit. Uh, but then people then tend to branch out more into the gyne yeah. bit with more operating and becoming more confident with operating. Mm. Um, but now, the way the specialty's gone, most of us do more of one than the other. Mm. Mm. Um, but I'm a, an obstetrician, I would say, rather than a gynaecologist. Mm. Uh, well, we're very pleased to, uh, very grateful to have you on the show uh, to chat a little bit about uh, your specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first question. For me. Um, so, one of the most important questions we've been asked today. Um, if you had to be a kitchen utensil, what would you be and why? I would be the brand new multi-steaming, pressure, wow. roasting, <laughs> grilling, everything that uh, my other half has just bought because I can do everything. Oh, that, I think that's the best one we've had so far. My, mind you, he would say I'm a timer <laughs> because I'm a bit OCD about timekeeping. Okay, mm. an egg timer. Both of them are pretty good, though. They're both, they're both pretty nifty utensils, I'd Definitely. say. I would yeah. like to hope so. <laughs> a halogen oven is like, <laughs> it's a great utensil. Um, so what, what drew you into obstetrics slash gynaecology? Um, when I was a student, I loved doing Omsengaini, um, that I worked with a very old professor who let me see patients on my own, mm. let me do things on my own. I just loved it. Mm. I loved being on labour ward. I liked the practicality of being up all night suturing and putting in venflons because in those days midwives didn't do any of that. Mm. So the registrars were very keen for the students to do all of those jobs. So it was very practical. However, I also have got a pharmacology degree. So I actually did want to be a clinical uh, pharmacologist. That was mm. my plan until I worked for the, the professor at St. Stephen's Hospital in Westminster. And I thought six months of seeing the same patients back time after time mm. and nobody mm. ever getting cured, that I thought I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. So mm. I fell back to the practical things, the one that I'd really enjoyed as a student. Mm. Oh, amazing. And... Sorry, I was about to ask your question for you. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Um, well, I, we were going to ask what what do you kind of enjoy? What's you kind of what do you enjoy about Obsengaini? What kind of? I think the benefit of Obsengaini over every other specialty, and I can say that I think, yeah, <laughs> is that it's such a good combination of different specialties. Mm-hmm. So my special interest is uh, medical disorders of pregnancy, particularly diabetes. Mm. So I spend a lot of time with 
medical problems so I probably have a reasonable knowledge of medicine still mm. um, also doing cesarean sections actually the practicality of delivering doing a forceps or a cesarean mm. actually doing that practical procedure and doing it safely and seeing the baby out safely is mm. a really in a way it's a little bit of a selfish um, thing but but it is mm. um, and then of course you can Hide, hide in the theatre and be doing gynae lists, day case or main theatre lists. So I think it's a great specialty for people who get bored easily because <laughs> yeah. there are many, many different aspects to it yeah. and you can combine as many or as few if you like, as you like. So I get bored easily, so I quite like having the various parts to, to the job. Mm. Yeah, because I've got a quick question about because I know that you were mentioning what in the intro you said kind of obstetrics and gynaecology you know, tend to be almost two branches in a way sometimes like subspecialties of a specialty don't they do you think that it's moving more towards you know i know the rbi the you have like obstetric consultants and gyneco- gynecology consultants do you think it's moving more towards that now or yes yeah i, I think very much so that uh, already people are very specialized one way or the other i mean mm. the consultants mm. here in sunderland uh half and half so half will do two-thirds obstetrics and a third gynae and the other half will do uh, the opposite way around and I think as units get inevitably bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and consultants hours are still ridiculous and um, that's going to have to change so I think there'll be bigger teams with people being far more subspecialized mm-hmm. I don't think most people doing obs and gynae would like to ever think they weren't doing some of the other mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um so and I think to have skills of both is important um, and then it comes down to things like if you're examining for Royal College exams or this, that and the other, you do need to mm. keep up to date with bits of all of it. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think we have become far more subspecialised, but uh, I would like to think that we'll all carry on still doing bits of mm. bits of both. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think if, uh, if someone's listening who's interested in doing Hobbs and Gurney, uh and they like sort of both elements of it, Mm. Um, is that more do you think you see that more subspecialisation across just the bigger sites and do the DGH is still being relatively generalist or do you think they're going to be like amalgamating I think I think we'll be amalgamating um, and I think one of the things I tell our trainees is often the trainees in Obs and Gynes, the thing that they're worried about or particularly as foundation doctors mm. is operating mm. because yeah. they don't get much experience and they mm. worry oh my goodness I can't imagine ever doing a hysterectomy on my own or one thing or another mm. and I say to them all that these days even if you do gynae you don't have to do major surgery mm. you can do just office gynae or day case stuff mm. so I think people can far more tailor it to their strengths mm. and not have to do the bits that maybe they don't feel that that's what they'd really like to do mm. yeah. okay so I guess if if someone is interested in the broad spectrum there's that opportunity but it's not so I think we are still maintaining uh, that bit that you can do mm. a bit of both you can do predominantly one or the other mm. but you don't have to do all the bits if you don't if you don't want to um, so I think it does make it is making it a little bit uh, better for some trainees coming in yeah. who, who look at one bit maybe as a student and say I hated theatre or I hated mm. fertility mm. or I hated uh, antenatal clinics mm. um, that it can be tailored far mm. more to an individual mm. for an ongoing career yeah. which I think is a benefit yeah, yeah. definitely mm. and what um, what do you think is the, the most challenging aspect of 
for your, your role or, um, or has been in your career? I think probably the hours that we've all worked in the past has been very challenging. Obviously, yeah. that's better now from a trainee point of view with mm. proper shifts and uh, limitation on hours. But I think mm. the, the hours that we worked when we were trainees were massive. Mm. Um, so I think that was definitely hard. I think nowadays, the thing that's become harder is the maybe the mental stresses that it can be. Uh, mm. Because if there is a bad outcome from mum or baby in any which way uh, which is very rare Mm. but it's still very stressful if you've been the one that's been involved so I think that you do have to be able to build up some resilience and I always say to our trainees if something happens in the middle of the night that wasn't ideal and the outcome wasn't as good as we would wish that they've got to remember that they were the best person to be there at the time Mm. if they hadn't been there the situation would have been very very much worse mm. and I think it's to, to be able to gain that confidence in your own skills and mm. your own, with your own training uh, to be able to to be able to sit back and say I did my best job I didn't go out of my way to do anything wrong mm. or bad and I'm glad I was there yeah and I think that's important I think that's a really interesting and really important reflection to just apply to the rest of medicine actually because yeah. I think often especially when mistakes happen when people who maybe shouldn't die or get very unwell or pass away or for whatever reason we can often blame that on ourselves mm-hmm. as, as medics yeah. and I think it's recognising sometimes we can only do the best yeah. thing that we, we can do, we can't fix everything and yeah. also it's the best for whatever level you are that yeah. nobody expects when you're an F1, F2 or ST3 that you act at consultant level mm-hmm. yeah. that's not what people expect mm-hmm. um, but I also really strongly believe that we have to be able to look afterwards and feel upset mm. because if a baby's born that's got a problem, you have to be upset because you've got to think if that was my baby, my brother's baby, whatever, of course you're upset. Mm. But then you have to be able to sit back and, and look at it and say, yeah, it's right to be upset. And if you're not upset with bad outcomes, we probably shouldn't be doing the job we do. Mm. But yeah. it's to be able to look at it in the cold light of a day and, and, and say, I, d- I did my best, I did the right thing, I did the right thing with the facilities I had or the skills I had or whatever and then be able to uh, to deal to deal with that yeah. and, to, and to move on because if you let it all get on top of you mm-hmm. you won't be able to act well and yeah. react well um, so we all have to be able to accept it deal with it and then uh, then move move on yeah because I did note when I've like worked in Obs and Gany, I think it's one of the most like a really it's a very reflective specialty I think it's like I don't know if that seems fair like we have a lot of risk management meetings and things which I think are you know the I think they're probably quite a good thing you don't tend to get those in a lot of other specialties you know the kind of weekly or like twice weekly risk meetings and stuff yeah I mean I Um, think think certainly OBS and Gynae has very much been ahead of the curve with uh perinatal mortality morbidity mm. meetings which have been going on for as long as I've been in Nobs and Gain, which is a very long time <laughs> before you say that um, so we have and with guidelines and therefore been able to mm. uh, look at cases and, and people have been very open about that a great way to learn great way for everybody to learn mm. um, I think reflection is massively important and I know it's a bit of a dirty word at times um, and I think it's but for me as I say to everybody whether it's consultants I appraise or trainees that we mustn't just reflect on the bad things mm. Mm. we've got to reflect on 
you know, I delivered those twins vaginally when everybody thought she was going to need a section. Mum and babies are all well. Mm. I've come out with a spring in my step. Mm. Why was that? You know, why why was something good not just why was it yeah. bad? Yeah. You know, why why do you leave after a long shift that you've stayed on for two extra hours but still said that was one of the best shifts I've ever had? Yeah. What makes that? Mm. Because then if you can recreate that when you're having a bad time, it yeah. might help to make things better. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's quite important. No, I really I really like that because I I'd never thought throughout foundation to ever reflect on something good. Because I'd mm. never like not that nothing good happened to me. That sounds really like, <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds well, really that the problem with your lack of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lovely time foundation, but the obviously good things did happen. I had great days, a lot of great days in Oz and Guyney, and I, you know, I think it's I think that's a really good point to make because I think one of the surgeons said to me like if he was going through my portfolio at the end of F one, he was like, "You've not done any nice reflections, Abby," and I was like, "Oh." Do, they, do you do nice reflections? Do they exist? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was a really lovely thing to to do and be aware of. Because I think Another yeah. thing which I think is good to reflect on, and I specifically I say to, to consultant colleagues more because it happens more, but it's something to think about for everybody, is that when we get gifts from patients, mm. and often we do, but it helps in Guyana, we're very lucky, we get all sorts of nice, nice things. I chose the right specialty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and often it's about thinking, why did you get that gift? Mm. Was it because you'd seen them regularly and they felt that they had confidence in you? Was it because you happened to be there at the end and saved a desperate situation? Mm. Was it because actually it was a very bad outcome, mm. but they really felt that you'd cared and you'd listened? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think it's always worth when we get things from... Because I think as a patient, for a patient to bother to go out and get something and Not bring it back or send it back or whatever yeah. is massive. Yeah. The fact somebody's yeah. bothered is really yeah. important, I think, sometimes to think of what did I do that ended up with that? Not yeah. that you should do it every day in order to get more presents. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me think about TripAdvisor reviews. <laughs> I just like really, I, I, I barely fill those in and they sending me emails constantly. There like, you go. Break this day. I know, to seamlessly transition to our next uh, section of the podcast, uh, where we want to chat a little bit about uh, getting some of your thoughts about advice for juniors. Uh, have you got a joke for us today? I only do really bad Christmas sort of uh, jokes, which are really awful. Sorry, so, that's what we live for. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> what do you call an old snowman? I don't know what do you call an old snowman. A puddle. Brilliant. It is. A... It was it's just still good. So, so <laughs> me, maybe my next career is going to be making uh, jokes Stand to put up. in. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or jokes in Christmas records. Yeah. yeah, and they're as good, yeah. so, to be honest, I think. It's a good seasonal job. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we kind of want to know a little bit about, so um, thinking first of all about foundation. So say you're a foundation F2 or F1 yeah. in Nelson Guyney. How would you advise kind of getting the most out of that placement? Okay, I think uh, F1 and F2 are very different. Yeah. Uh, F1 throughout the country generally are just gyny. Mm. I don't think there are any F1 obstetric jobs. No, I don't, yeah. Um, so F1 is gyny uh, and often with no on call. So mm. I think it's a great job to use your time well mm. because your hours are good. Um, yes, you're not going to get the extra money for on call, but you've got the time, you can do locums if, if, if you wish. Um, and I think it's about learning to be organised, yeah. learning to see what the jobs you need to do at the beginning of the day to make sure you do them, 
thinking of the horrible bits that none of us like doing, the discharge summaries and, and all of that sort of thing, which in a job like Gynae, you can get yourself into a routine to do that uh, before you go on to other jobs and then you can use those skills you've already gained. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite, quite important. I also think if you start on Gynae, it's a great place to get to know the nursing staff really well mm-hmm. and get to know how to interact mm-hmm. well with nurses when you go on to more busy jobs, more difficult jobs. When you haven't got the time, it starts you to learn that communication, which I think is is, is really important. Yeah. But I also think that F ones, when they have got the time, should some some use it well and some don't use it so well. That it is a perfect job to say, oh, I'm just going to go to the antenatal clinic for an hour, mm-hmm. or just go on to labour ward, I'll just go to theatre, mm-hmm. or I'll just when you don't have to be in these places, but you can just go to any area you like and yeah, get experience. such experience. Yeah whether it's you know, fertility or early pregnancy or gynecology, whatever, because you're not service provision, you can go to any of this stuff and get massive experience, and I would absolutely advise that people do that. Yeah. F2 is very different doing obs and gyne because you are acting far more as a, a, an SHO, old-fashioned SHO type. Mm. So most um, F2s and obs and gyne will be on the same rotor as GPVTS, who could be... ST1 to ST3, they could be Obzangaini, ST1 to ST2 to 3. So it's a quite a mixed level of experience within that uh, that um, sort of that level of, of doctor. Um, and I think that, t- again, to be organised, uh, again, I think to make sure that beforehand you've read up the important things that come in, you know, pregnant woman with bleeding, um, somebody who might be miscarrying, um, other pregnancy problems to make sure that the acute stuff that you're likely to be the first person to see that you've at least revised a little bit of that mm. before you go into it so you feel a bit more confident mm. but the big benefit is the midwives are so experienced they will usually be absolutely great at helping particularly the f2s and saying normally this is what would happen <laughs> yeah normally this is this is probably when you need to get your registrar and I think it's about using the experience of the people around you yeah. to get as much as you possibly can. Yeah, no, definitely. And I suppose it's you're right about kind of F1 and F2 roles being very different in, you know, when you're in Ops and Gynae. Um, and using that experience is, uh, yeah, the midwives are kind of your best friends, aren't they, on labour oh, yeah. ward, really? Um, and yeah. as the F2, if you have an F1 and Gynae, it's very nice because it's the first time you can actually be the leader of another doctor. <laughs> yeah. And that's quite a nice thing to start to know know how to do that when you've never done it before. Yeah. Um, and then you start the skills. You can start doing a bit of a cesarean. You can start doing some suturing. Mm. You can get better at doing spectrum examinations and, and all the practical mm. stuff. So I think F2 is a great place to get a lot of practical experience. Mm. Yeah. That's really helpful uh, to just get an idea of... Um, what sort of things you can do get especially like getting almost almost permission given to go and seek out these opportunities and absolutely obviously don't you know don't leave the ward if you've got major responsibilities and mm. someone's counting you to do something but so be judicious and how be available yeah, yeah. be available but and I, and I think that's it. if you leave the ward say right this is where i'm going and this is my bleep number yeah. and i'll be straight back mm. if there are any any yeah. any problems yeah but yeah, because yeah, I I didn't know what my GP training program was going to look like, but I imagine no, hopefully I'll get an Ops and Gynae job because I think it was useful mm. preparation. I think I'll be taking that advice forwards myself. Yeah, I, I think Ops and Gynae is quite useful, although it's such a, a specialty. 
Um, but I think it's useful for people who are going on to be GP, massively mm. useful. Mm. People are going to emergency medicine mm. um, because you see an awful lot of obs and gyne. Yeah, will come through. So I think it, it's not it's a good basis for lots of things, not just to do obs and gyne. To do obs and gyne, yeah. Um, on that note, I was going to mention as well, do you have any advice for our um, students for when they come and do their obs and gyne rotation? So obviously you know third or fifth years yeah well on, we've so. got final years starting hopefully in september yeah, let's hope crossed. let's hope we get them um i think from final year point of view it's quite different from third year uh, and i think because there's only three week rotation having done the four weeks already it's about just going through the notes of the stuff that you had at third year because we haven't got time to teach all the basic stuff mm. again and i think final year is far more about management mm. so you need to be able to take a good history you need to know what differentials are because a lot more will be management so i think to have just gone through the revision of of, of the bits and pieces from yeah. third year is massively important yeah i think for third year it's very much about uh if you go into say my my diabetes antenatal clinic where mm. everybody there will have diabetes yeah. whether it's pre-existing <laughs> or gestational to think right i know that's what it's going to be so I'll just read maybe Diabetes UK website on diabetes and pregnancy mm-hmm. or a chapter in uh, something in the RCOG guidance or NICE guidance. or mm-hmm. So at least you, you go into the clinic with a little bit of knowledge yeah. um, because I think particularly third year when you haven't got a lot of specialty clinical experience, it's not nice to feel you don't know stuff and to no. feel that you're struggling. So mm-hmm. at least if you've read something relevant before, I think it makes it much easier. Yeah, so you've got easier. that little bit of background, bit of background. you to yeah. then build on. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think obs and gyne as a student can sometimes be a bit, it's quite a different environment, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of things to learn. Um, and also like labour ward and theatre and stuff. Yeah. Are, you know, labour ward's a really unique place, isn't it? Um, it's not really like anywhere else in the hospital, really. Um, and, and it's still one of the only places that students cry when they see a baby being born or yeah. when a baby's been named after you they're all they're all they're all the nice things that that, that happen but yeah. yes i think labor theater are quite special places yeah um and i think the other thing is with any third year particularly rotation is to make sure that whenever you're in a clinical area that you find out who the people are that you're working with mm. and get them to look out for you and say i need to I really haven't, I've only done one obstetric history, I really need to do a bit of that, or yeah. I haven't done any gyne, I need a bit of that, or please let me do something practical, I really want... So I think that you can make sure that you know the people that you're actually in the clinical area with, mm-hmm. particularly the uh, F2s, the ST1s, or whatever, uh, and get them to help you, yeah. um, and make sure that when you're in a consultant area, that the consultant knows that you're there, you're there on time, which is important, Yeah. And let that consultant know what you want out of that session, mm-hmm. because they can often make sure you get it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think it's about using the people around you to get what you need. Yeah, I think that's yeah, definitely wonderful. So to close up, uh, we would like to get a song of the week from you. So what what recommendations? Ooh. My recommendation, old one, uh, Angels by Robbie Williams, one of Classic. my favourite ever songs. Yeah. Love it. And it still makes me cry, but that's oh. all right. I'm an obstetrician, I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time today. I've really appreciated having you on the show. Pleasure, yeah. thank you. This has been Contingency FM. <laughs>